0: You are Locked On Giants, your daily podcast on the New York Giants. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Giants. This is a special post-draft edition of the show. We are coming to you on Sunday, April 29, 2018, the day after the conclusion of the 2018 NFL Draft. I am Patricia Trena of The Athletic, Forbes, Inside Football, and a bunch of other places, joined as always by my co-host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and uh, we're going to break down for you Today, the Giants' 2018 rookie class, and Ed, it's been a long, long weekend, but we finally got our answers. And uh, I don't know about you, but looking pretty good on paper.
1: Yeah, you know, Patty, we got some surprising answers, some interesting answers, lots of things to to debate about and argue about, and lots of things we won't know the answer to for probably for a few seasons to come. Um, You know, but the one thing is, I think uh, Dave Gettleman said it on Saturday night. He said, uh, I believe he said something to the effect of, we're getting better, boys and girls. And, uh, you know, the reality of it is you look at this draft class, and obviously it's on paper, but it certainly looks like they did just that. It certainly looks like they got better over the three days of the draft.
0: Yeah, I mean... Again, we won't know until these kids get on the field, but certainly the strategy used by Gettleman, the thinking that was used by Gettleman in selecting these picks, um, you can kind of see where he was going, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. So, Ed, let's start off. Let's run down each pick. Uh, we'll, We'll talk about them. Uh, whether we like the pick or we don't like the pick and where we see him fitting in. And we'll start, obviously, with Saquon Barkley, the running back chosen in the first round, number two overall. Now, of course, a lot of people uh, were were screaming for a quarterback. They did not go for, for a quarterback at number two overall. Your thoughts about Saquon Barkley?
1: Well, I think obviously terrific talent. I think that You know, I've written a couple times at Big Blue View. Obviously, we've had the positional value debate over and over and over. And I think that that this is a pick that no matter how good this player is, and and he could be absolutely wonderful, the things that will define whether or not this was the right pick for the Giants, the things that will define that could be first – what sort of a player Sam Darnold turns into for the New York Jets and second whether or not you know either Kyle Lolato who we'll talk about later or Davis Webb winds up being a viable starting quarterback for the Giants down the road when it is time to replace Eli Manning because the risk here has nothing to do with Barkley the risk that the Giants took here you know has to do with with avoiding that place that Dave Gettleman calls quarterback hell. You know, and, and, and there's nothing that Barkley can do about that. I think he's going to be a wonderful player. He seems like a wonderful young man. I think he probably will end up being the face of the franchise. Um, you know, he's there's a lot of things to like, but it still does, you know, it, to judge this pick I think you have to see how the Giants situation plays out at quarterback over the next few years.
0: Okay, that's an interesting perspective. For the short term, I think Barkley's going to be a wonderful addition. I know we spoke about him last week and I mentioned that he that I thought he was going to help Odell Beckham Jr., you know, and that Barkley can now share that role of being the face of the franchise, maybe take some of the onus off Odell Beckham Jr., who kind of you know, started to get swallowed up a little bit there by the same monster. But more importantly, from a football perspective, the Giants have not had a solid running game since 2012. I believe that was the last year they had a guy go over 1,000 yards on the ground, and that was Ahmaud Bradshaw. Barkley is the type of player who can deliver that kind of punch in the offense. And, and when you have an aging quarterback, you know, when you have a young quarterback, you know, as the Giants will probably have in a couple of years, a good running game is that quarterback's best friend, you know, besides, of course, an offensive line, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I I really like the Barkley pick. Um, you know, you're right. We don't know whether or not ultimately down the line he's going to you know be the answer but you know it's like the answer as far as um you know compared to Sam Darnold but it's like what Dave Gettleman said he said he didn't care about whether what, what other teams did and basically he also alluded to something that I've been saying all throughout this process leading up to the draft and that is beauty is in the eye of the beholder and Gettleman felt that you know look I'm going to make the best decisions possible in the best interest of the New York Giants. And he felt that Barkley was certainly uh, an answer there. And, and uh, you know, again, he's going to help Eli Manning because now they're going to open up play action. They're going to, you know, maybe give Eli an opportunity to hand the ball off and not get hit as much. You know, the last couple of years Eli has, has attempted – over 600 passes, you know, and he came close to doing that three years in a row, um, I want to say uh, three years ago. So they want to reduce Eli Manning's workload, I I suspect, and what better way to do that than to have a running back who can take the rock and pound it up the middle, pound it to the outside, and just basically move the chains.
1: Sure. You know, the, the last thing I'll say about Barkley is, you know, it's never wrong to select the best player in the draft, all right? You know, the the quarterback question will hang out there for a while. We'll see where that goes. There will be other drafts and other quarterbacks if these guys don't, if the guys that they they have now don't work out eventually. Uh, You know, cross your fingers that Eli Manning has a couple of quality years left as a quarterback. I think he does. Um, I know Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer think he does. I think that he's going to prove them right in that assessment. So, you know, the Barkley pick will will go a long way toward helping Eli show that. And it's it's just it's difficult to argue against, you know, the, taking the best player in the draft. I just, you know, I just still think that it it leaves the the long-term You know, it leaves the the long-term quarterback thing hanging out there, although the Giants did address that later on, which which we will get to. Sure.
0: And let's move on to the second-round pick. This is a guy that I honestly did not think would make it down to the Giants in the second round. I didn't mock him to the Giants in the second round. I actually had a different offensive lineman, Austin Corbett, uh to the giants in round two but hey the giants got will hernandez you from utep you know a big rogue grader at guard a kid who you know pat Shermer said is going to try out it at right guard and left guard and they're going to see where he's the best fit and uh you know they're going to also see where patrick omame who they signed in the the off season uh where he's the best fit but significant, you know, it, it's very important, you know, because people talk about the importance of the offensive tackle position. But Gettleman ha- made, you know, a good point when he said, look, you know, you, these days you've got these big hog mollies on the opposite side of you on the defensive line, and you've got to block them. And how many times in the past did we see the Giants' interior offensive line get pushed around like ragdolls by some of these bigger guys, you know? The Fletcher Coxes, you know the the uh, the Aaron Donalds when they've gone up against the Rams, you know you, you can't you you've got to have guys who can stand up and form a brick wall because if you don't, that's where a lot of the pressure was coming up that middle there in between the tackles and and I think you know the addition of of Hernandez. To go along with Omame and and you know we'll see if Brett Jones becomes you know stays the starting center, but I think the Giants are significantly better now inside you know between guard to guard.
1: Oh sure, the, for me the Hernandez pick is an absolute home run, you know a big mauling interior guard. No matter which side you know he and Patrick Omame wind up on, you know I I love this pick. I was hoping. You know, as round two approached, I was hoping this was going to be the pick. Absolute home run for me. You know, you think about the passing game in the NFL now, and how much of it is quick throw, inside, slants, um, you know, those kinds of, you know, shallow crossing routes, even intermediate routes. In a lot of ways now, you know, on first and second down especially, you know, on shorter yardage, offensive coordinators can scheme around those edge rushers. They can scheme around, you know, having to, having to block those guys for a long period of time. But you have to be able to block the interior to get, you know, to get those crossing routes and to get those slants off. You have to be able to, to do your three-step drop you know, and keep those guys out of the face of the quarterback. So, you know, I love Hernandez for that reason. Also, you know, obviously we talk about the run game. You know, Dave Gettleman keeps pounding away at the, you know, run the ball, stop the run, rush the passer, and the Giants have taken their first two picks here and, and without any doubt taken care of the first part of that equation.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I thought that pick was was by far a home run. You know, the Barkley pick to me that was a no brainer. But you know, you get down to the second round, and and when Hernandez was sitting there, it was like you you were kind of keeping your fingers crossed that Cleveland wasn't going to jump on him. And and I'm sure that uh, you know Dave Gettleman didn't come right out and say it, but I'm sure the decision was made within seconds, you know, and, and the seconds being enough time to cover writing out the card and getting it up to the podium. So I don't question for a minute.
1: Dave always talks about, you know, 28 seconds to, to get the card to the podium. I'd like to actually see how long it would take him to run the card up to the podium.
0: Well, he didn't have to run it up there, but, you know, it, I, I'm sure it takes about 28 seconds or less to, to write out the card and then get it up there, but I'm sure, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants, you know, airmailed that card up there when when Hernandez was sitting there. So, really a good pick. You know, the Giants, you know, they continue to work on that offensive line and, you know, still still some to go, but... They, they're they certainly taking a step in the right direction. Okay, moving on to the first of the third-round picks, Lorenzo Carter, an outside linebacker, uh, Edge Rusher. Your thoughts on him?
1: This is another pick that I really like, Patty. Um, this is a guy that, that I thought the Giants might even, you know, in the right circumstance, they might even look at in the second round. I mean, this is a guy who fills – or could potentially fill, you know, a role that the Giants really need. You look at the fact that, you know, that they, they're they transitioning to a 3-4, you know, that they traded Jason Pierre-Paul. They really need a dynamic player, you know, on the edge, a guy that can stand up, you know, maybe once in a while, put his hand in the ground and rush, you know, from a 4-3 defensive end. This is a guy who has all of the requisite athletic skills to, you know, to be that player. And as Dave Gettleman said, they, they're also happy with his ability to defend the run. You know, you don't get you don't get the perfect player. You don't get Jadavian Clowney, you know, in the middle of the third round. But you got a guy here, you know, with the skill set to. Be a good dynamic player off the edge if the Giants can develop him. So I, I thought this was this was an excellent pick.
0: Yeah, and I'll just add to that. You know, one of the the, the things gentleman spoke about in his draft wrap up is he made mention of the fact that Eyes had a play ninety percent or more at the snaps last year. And we all know who he was referencing. You know, Olivier Vernon, um, you know, even though he had an injury shortened in year, he's played in, in career high snaps the last couple of years. You know, before he was traded, Jason Pierre Paul was another guy who played, uh, you know, a lot of snaps? As did Damon Harrison, at the inside nose tackle spot. So Gettleman spoke about the importance of getting quality guys so that you can maybe reduce the workload of your starters from 90% down to maybe 75%. And he he hinted that, you know, in the past the Giants just didn't have, you know enough talent, if you will, to, to step in there and be trusted to take some of that workload off. And we saw it. I mean, you know, how many times did we sit there and say, gosh, you know, when, when are the Giants going to rotate a fresh body in there, you know, to give the starters a, a breather? And you, you, you sat there and you wondered, well, do they have the, the confidence in the guys behind Vernon and then at the time JPP and and snacks and so on and so and so forth did they have the confidence in those guys to go in there and not miss a beat and just by by the fact that they kept those guys kept going to the well if you will it it was pretty obvious that that they that they didn't so now they have you know a couple of guys you know the first one being carter who will probably spell ov uh at, at that strong side linebacker spot um, and, uh, that, that's a good thing because as these guys get older, you know, they don't necessarily heal as quickly as, as they used to, you know, they take a beating and, and it's funny because Obi always jokes with me. He says he's getting old and I think he's only 27, which is, you know, compared to what our ages are and we won't, we won't reveal that on the air, but he's not old in terms of human years, but in terms of football years yeah, I guess you can kind of make a, a statement that, that he's getting up there in age. And certainly the more pounding a guy takes, the older he tends to get, even though, you know, the number, his chronological age might, might uh indicate otherwise, so I really like the, the pick of Carter I mean Carter was stopped by yesterday at the facility we had a introductory press conference with him and he was much more enthusiastic than I think he he was during his initial conference call when he sounded like out of it like he wasn't you know he, i It was funny. I walked away and I thought, oh, God, this guy doesn't want to be here. But he was really excited to be with the Giants. He was shaking everybody's hand like a politician, which was kind of funny. And he just can't wait to get started at the rookie minicamp. So I like the pick. I like the intention behind the pick. And I'm very uh, anxious to see how he is used in defense. Okay, Ed. Continuing our look at the Giants' 2018 draft picks, we now move on to the second of the Giants' third-round picks. Uh, that would be DJ. I'm sorry, defensive tackle BJ Hill of North Carolina State. I tell you, we, we've got another BJ to go with BJ Goodson here. <laughs> so hopefully we get this. We get this all straight. Um, your thoughts on the addition of BJ Hill?
1: Well Patty, this was the first pick in the draft that that surprised me a little bit. To be honest with you, I didn't know a whole lot about B J Hill, you know, at, at the time when the Giants drafted him. You know, we at this point we had gotten to the point in the draft where I fully expected somewhere, you know, in the third round, fourth round with that, or maybe with that last pick, I fully expected that at some point the Giants were going to grab, you know, an offensive tackle, you know, to compete on that right side, uh, you know, with the situation that they have with Eric Flowers right now, and with with uh, Chad Wheeler you know, sort of penciled in as the starter at this point. I fully expected that, but when you look at what Hill brings, you know, he brings in pretty much an interior run defender who helps the Giants with one of the things that you were just talking about, which is that depth along the front of the defense. I think he'll probably end up either as a guy spelling, you know, snacks at the nose or maybe playing a little bit of five tech, you know, out at the defensive end. I mean, this is something Gettleman referred to a lot recently is the fact that in Carolina they had built a seven or eight man rotation you know along the defensive front and that you've got you know offensive linemen that are are oftentimes bigger than the defensive linemen you know banging on them for snap after snap after snap and you need to give them you need to give them a rest you need to be able to run fresh bodies in there And, and that is what this does, and it's another step in in Gettleman's you know three point plan. This this part being about stop the run. So, you know, so I see the uh, I see the reason, and I see why this pick made sense.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with every point you made. And just to add to that, you know, we, we look at uh, Damon Harrison who, you know, last year when when push came to shove, he was there. He He stepped into the lineup and he did his thing and he was playing at the top of his game. But if you think about it, how many times was he given a rest during the week because – you know, maybe a, a, due to nagging injuries or what have you or overplaying, you know. We we, we think about, you know, quarterbacks and, and, you know, them overthrowing or throwing too much and needing a rest, kind of like baseball pitchers, why baseball pitchers pitch every fourth or fifth day in a rotation. Well, football players, what people don't realize is, is these guys are, are banging and throwing their bodies around and, and, and they're getting beat up. And, again, the older you get, the longer it takes for your body to bounce back. Even though these guys are highly conditioned athletes, they don't just, you know, wake up the next morning and they feel fresh as a daisy. You know, I I, I can remember guys telling me that they didn't start to feel better until, like, Thursday or Friday of of the week after, you know, later in the week after playing a game, which is four or five days. So I like The plan that Gettleman has in place to get depth, which I agree with you, this is, you know, Hill is a guy that can provide relief. He can also step in at that five-tech spot, because remember Josh Morrow is going to have to serve a a four-game suspension as handed down by the league, so they're going to be a little short-handed in the first month this season. And, uh, you know, again, keeping with Gettleman's run-the-ball, stop-the-run-and-rush-the-passer, Hill is the guy who, who who ticks off one of those boxes, or in this case maybe two boxes. So really good value pick there, and, and uh, I'm interested to see where he finds his niche. Okay, moving on. Now here was my surprise pick, or or what I called my what the heck pick. Uh, the Giants in the fifth round, I'm sorry, the Giants in the fourth round chose Richmond quarterback Kyle Lalletta, And to be clear, it's not a pick that I hate. Um, Kyle Lawletta is a a very good quarterback. I just did not think they would draft the quarterback. You know, I thought they would maybe add somebody as an undrafted free agent, because, you know, as I've said before, uh, the Giants could not go into training camp with just two quarterbacks, but, you know, sure enough, they decided the value was too good, and they had to get Kyle Lawletta, since he was the best available on their board, and but still, it was a surprise for me. Your thoughts, Ed?
1: Well, it was it was definitely a surprise to me that they went ahead and made this move. You know, considering as we've already talked about that they still had needs. You know, they had a a situation where they hadn't added an offensive tackle, where they really had a situation where they where they still you know where they didn't add any anything at cornerback. Uh, you can argue that that wide receiver was another position, you know, where they could have used some additional depth. But I wasn't surprised in the sense that I kind of knew that that Loletto was a guy that they liked that kind of fit, you know, what Pat Shermer's background is in, in quarterback play, I mean I, I knew that there was interest in Loletta. I just didn't think as the draft unfolded, you know, that that in the situation the Giants were in, I didn't think they would go ahead and pull the trigger on drafting him. When you think about it though, you know, from my perspective, I think it was uh, Mark Schofield from inside the pylon and and I don't know if he if he said it to us or if he said it, you know, in another in another forum but his take on Lolatta was that when you look at quarterback play in the NFL you know the the only question you have with Kyle Lolatta is actually throwing the deep ball he said he thinks there's 85 to 90% of what NFL quarterbacks need to do that he has no doubt Kyle Lolatta can handle you know, it's an in, but it, it's interesting because it also, it helped, for me, it helped clarify the Barkley pick as well, because now you've taken, now you have a competition between Davis Webb and Kyle Lawletta you know, not only to be the number two, but to potentially and probably, you know, be the guy who succeeds Eli Manning a couple of years down the road. I thought it was interesting, I like the player, you know, I think that, Obviously there's certainly an argument that for the two thousand eighteen season the Giants might have been better served, you know, to find, you know, a right tackle or a corner, you know, or, or someone along that line. But but I like this player and I think that this could be you know, this this could be the answer, you know, to to the quarterback situation for the Giants down the road, so we'll see how it plays out
0: yeah you know you mentioned um the the observation that Waletta can't throw the deep ball, and I think Pat Shermer brought that up actually, and he said look when when you're looking for qualities in a quarterback, that's probably like number four on your list.' And uh, Shermer seemed to think that Malletta can, you know, checked off the first three boxes, and I, I don't recall the, the first three. I think I think decision making was one, huddle presence was another, and I forget what the other one was. But
1: I think he um, said anticipation.
0: Seemed, anticipation might have been the other one. You're right. Um, so yeah, he. Shermer, of course, as we know, he has a reputation as, as being a quarterback whisperer, if you will, you know, and, and they have Mike Shula, who has also uh, worked with quarterbacks to develop them, so it's going to be very interesting, because, um, you know, they had Davis Webb, who had a fairly decent mini camp, Um, you know, granted, it was it was in shorts and shells, and there was no contact, and, and, and it wasn't a complete team, you know, because guys were missing and whatnot, but... Um, you do have a competition now, and competition brings out the best in guys. And I think the other thing we have to remember now, if you're Davis Webb, is you, you have to breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief here because if they hadn't added a, a quarterback that's a draft pick, they might have gone for a guy who is a veteran sitting out there. And the temptation to, to make that veteran the second, you know, the the backup to eli would have probably been pretty great which meant davis webb would have gotten buried on the depth chart so with Letta there i don't think davis webb is going to get buried on the depth chart as he would if a veteran had been signed you know it's going to be up to him though to to step up and and continue to show what he has and you know i'm sure Letta will continue to you know. Will, to show what he has and i think it's going to be an interesting battle just to see but i, I would guess right now that webb will end up as the number two guy behind eli with Laletta maybe starting off as number three on the depth chart but that that could change as the year goes on we'll have to just wait and see how that works out but uh you know having slipped on that pick You know, it makes a lot more sense than it did when they made it. I know when they made it, I was like, what? You know, so anyway. (laughs) There's always got to be one head scratcher, Patty. Yeah, there always is. You ever notice that? Mm Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Amazing. All right, so moving on to the last pick made by the Giants. This pick made in the fifth round, number 139 overall. The Sensit tackle R.J. McIntosh from Miami, the u uh, so uh you know your thoughts on on the addition of macintosh
1: this again, patty, a little bit like the selection of b j Hill this again for Gettleman was about building depth on the off on the defensive line excuse me um this is a guy that'll probably be um you know the five tech defensive end you know type of player, and he'll be in competition with. You know, with Kerry Wynn and and uh I don't know whoever else is gonna be out there at that's probably Robert Thomas and whoever else is going to be out there with Morrow and, and, and all of those guys at at that defensive end, you know, type of, of spot. So another pick, you know, it surprised me a little bit, you know, when it was made that they went back to the defensive line well and again with some of the other positions that we've talked about offensive tackle the cornerback I thought they you know they they'd try to add somebody you know but but it's it's all part of of Gettleman's, you know run the ball stop the run you know rush the passer you make sure that the front you know the front part of your you know both sides of the ball is taken care of you know for me you know I am okay with with the macintosh pick uh, but you know, for me, I, I just I look at this draft as a whole, and the the glaring the glaring hole for me is the fact that they didn't come up with with at least a, a developmental offensive tackle who who had the potential to compete on the right side, and and that's probably that's probably the one thing that that really surprises me that that didn't uh, didn't come out of this draft class,
0: yeah, I was initially surprised with that, but i I wonder now if uh, I, I could see a couple of things happening here. first off, I, I think we've we've been too quick to write off Chad Wheeler as a potential candidate to start on that right side. You know, Chad Wheeler was an undrafted free agent last year and and uh, he didn't look horrible when when pressed into action um i believe he was a a left tackle in college and when he was pressed to the to play on the right side he might have had a little bit you know a few struggles but now that he's got the whole off season to work on that you know the opportunity is certainly there the other thing you know a lot of people said to me after the draft is oh they did they weren't able to get rid of flowers well i don't know that you know even though flowers is an you know, hasn't been there and they would like him to be there even though it's it's a voluntary program. I didn't quite get the sense that they were trying to move him even though, again, they, they're they annoyed with him because, again, it's a voluntary program and, yes, it's not a good look that he's not there, but until such time when they are, uh, you know, when they know that what they've got at that position. And also I, I I just get the the impression that gentlemen just wasn't going to cut him free and get nothing in return for him. Now, when when you're drafting, you know teams are like, "Well, you know, I, I don't need to trade for him. Why should I give up a resource uh, now to to get get a guy that you want to get rid of?" But if you hang on to flowers now, you know, through the summer, and other teams start to have injuries and you know they're gonna happen, it's just a matter of what position. Now maybe a team becomes a little bit more desperate to give up a higher draft pick than they would have given up, you know, during the draft itself. So I, I think there's some merit to that strategy, if indeed that is Gettleman's strategy. You know, um there's also a possibility that that uh, Flowers comes in and, and, you know, plays well on the right side. I know that's a stretch uh, because Duke Manyweather, when he was on with us last week, said, look, the problems that he had on the left side aren't going to magically disappear when he moves to the right. But... um, you know, there's there is that possibility. You can't rule it out. And I, I think Gettleman is trying to be patient here, even though he might be annoyed with Flowers for for deciding to sit home and and you know work out on his own. So we'll see how that plays out.
1: It's interesting with Flowers. I think the Giants would have dealt Flowers had they had you know a, an offer, you know that was that they felt was was worth taking. I don't know what's going to happen with Flowers. I'm not optimistic that that Flowers is is going to play, you know, any more real football for the Giants. And I I don't know, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I would have to think that, you know, and I don't want to discount Chad Wheeler because I like Chad Wheeler. I do think that that Wheeler has, you know, Wheeler has the potential to develop into a guy who could handle that right tackle spot. We'll have to see. But, you know, Gettleman, you know, said over the weekend that roster building is a 12 month job. There will be offensive linemen who are, you know, set free by their teams this summer. There will be guys let go in training camp. So I would think that it's entirely possible. You know that the starting right tackle for the Giants might not be on the roster at this point. you know, so I mean, it could be a veteran that gets that gets let go by by another team. you know we'll have to see. Uh, but uh, you know it's it's competition, and I think when you look at the roster as a whole, I think the roster's in a lot better shape than it was uh, not just before the draft, but in a lot better shape than it was you know, when the 2017 season ended?
0: I think so, too. I mean, you know, look, let's not kid ourselves. Injuries were a problem last year. But you also had a lot of guys who were maybe not up to par with the skill set that they needed to compete, whether it be because those guys had just – reached the end of their rope or had taken too much of a beating or what have you. But you know, it's interesting. People uh, on Twitter this morning, uh, they were saying, well, what's the one area that you're concerned with? And I mentioned offensive tackle because I'd like to see more depth at the position, which I I believe, you know, they're they're trying to add. A lot of people said to me, well, what about the cornerback situation? Well, at Corner they added a bunch of guys. Now I know quantity doesn't necessarily translate into quality, but I kind of got the impression that, you know, between the additions of, of, of William Gay, of you know, who who I believe is gonna play the slot corner, you know, they have a few other guys. They added B. W. Webb, Teddy Williams. I think they may they might be okay for the time being and then of course we'll see if any of these undrafted rookies step up and uh you know deliver any of the, deliver the goods and same situation at safety i thought maybe they might look to add some more competition for for darian thompson you know they signed um michael thomas who's who's a special teamer but you know also plays uh the safety spot if i remember correctly so just you know i, I think they have what they need for that that position but I think at some point down the line, since a lot of those guys were signed on one-year contracts or two-year contracts, that's going to be a position that they, w- that Gettleman will look to address maybe as soon as next year. But I think for the time being, they should be okay there. At least that's my take. Um,
1: yeah, I, I was so- just going to say about Corner, I'm a little bit more worried to be honest with you. I'm a little bit more worried about the frontline guys about, you know, Janoris Jenkins had kind of an up and down year last year. And of course the giants are depending on Eli Apple heading into 2018. They're absolutely depending on Eli Apple. And, you know, after what happened last year, that's a huge risk. I mean, we saw in minicamp the other day that he made a couple of nice plays that he got some congratulations, you know, from his teammates after making one particular play. All of that, you know, all of those are good signs. But the fact that they're absolutely relying on him, you know, to be a starter, to be a quality player for them this year is is a bit of a gamble. So I'm a little worried about corner, you know, long term. But the only other thing that I will say is something that I've written at Big Blue View and I've said to people on Twitter a number of times is, look, you can't fix every issue that you think you have in one off season or in one draft. You could make an argument going into Thursday night, I think you could make an argument that it wouldn't have been wrong to try to supplement any position on the Giants roster from quarterback to place kicker. All right, I don't think it would have been wrong to to draft a player at any of those positions. We only had six picks. There was no way you were going to be able to you know to pick somebody to help all of them. You, you look at the value, you look at what you have, and you pick the best players that you think you can, and then you try to plug the rest of it uh, you know the best you can
0: yeah just to your point about eli apple and and janoris jenkins i think and and i don't know how much this was talked about but i kind of got the impression a big reason behind some of their inconsistency was the coaching staff i mean when you have three cornerbacks get suspended in a season that's you know where there's smoke there's fire and i always got the impression that maybe there was a disconnect with the coaching staff. And, you know, now you've got a brand new staff in here, and Pat Shermer, as head coach, has spoken about this many, many times, and he, I'm sure he has passed this down to his staff. You've got to build relationships with these players, because if you don't build those relationships, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to tune you out. And I And I wonder if that wasn't part of the problem last year, where guys started to tune the coaching staff out because, um, you know, look, we've discussed this before, Ben McAdoo, you know, his communication skills were kind of questionable. I'm not so sure he communicated with the players on the level he needed to. Shermer thus far has, and, and the proof is in the pudding, you know, you look at Odell Beckham Jr., for example. This is a guy who told... Shermer, hey i'm going to be out there for the mini camp i'm going to be around more and so far he has kept his word and that's that's a big reason the big reason for that i believe is because Shermer has gone out of his way to build a relationship with this guy one that you know beckham can trust him and 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 uh vice versa and that is so important it's a intangible that's not really discussed but it's so important and it's interesting because when jackrabbit spoke to the media last week and he was asked, you know, can you guarantee that what happened last year isn't going to happen? And he guaranteed it. I thought to myself, well, of course it's not going to happen because, you know, better communication this year than you had last year with the coaches. So let's not discount that when we, when we talk about, you know, these guys that need to bounce back and if they're going to be able to.
1: Oh, Patty, 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 I have to do this. I have to say that we can officially call it a show now because you said proof is in the pudding, which I think you say on every show. <laughs> so I do not. So I think it's an. I think we're official now that we've had a show. <laughs> oh, Ed, Oh, come on
0: You're, I know,
1: I know. Hey,
0: listen, oh. it's my sign it, it's my signature- it's so- saying. what can I say? You know? there you go. Everybody has a signature saying, Dave Dave Gettleman likes his hog mollies. I like my proof in the pudding.
1: There you go. All right, then. See, so we're official. You've said it. We're official. (laughs) Good catch, too.
0: All right, Giant Pan. So, yes, on that note, we will call it a show. We want to thank you for tuning in on this Sunday. And Ed and I will be back this week. With uh, additional takes on the Giants draft class, we'll talk at some point about the undrafted free agents that are believed to be on their way in, as far as uh, you know, the rookie mini camp that's coming up, and we'll have a whole lot more on the New York Giants. So make sure you keep it here on Locked On Giants. Talk to you again soon.